0: This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter.
1: And this is Mike White, and you can find me at I am Mike White on Twitter.
0: And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. And welcome to the Obsessive Viewer. We're a movie and TV podcast that covers a speci- specific movie or show each episode. Um, you can find more of our work at ObsessiveViewer.com, more of our <laughs> podcast at ObsessiveViewer.com slash podcast. You can also like us on Facebook and join the Facebook group at Facebook.com slash The Obsessive Viewer. And you can support us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash Obsessive Viewer at the minimum rate of $1 per month for an exclusive RSS feed with content recorded specifically for Patreon supporters. Uh, with me today is joining me for a special episode because it's special because 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 he's on it is mike oh yes Yes.
1: i wish i was on frequently enough that they weren't special episodes and that's my fault i
0: I, you know we we wish that too so we are
1: i will uh for the non-patreon listeners matt and i after this are gonna uh negotiate my contract again yes uh for more episodes here soon so it's gonna get um, ho- contentious. hopefully they won't be as special as right. well basically what right. i'm
0: saying <laughs> well even if it was frequent more frequent it would still be special um well it's sorry. special when we're together what i
1: said it's special when we're together exactly
0: that's what i'm implying <laughs>
1: uh,
0: yeah. so yeah so mike how you doing I'm great, man. How are you? Good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, so, we've been doing recently, since March, the COVID 19 Film Festival, where I've uh, basically done episodes uh, with recurring co hosts and by myself and with Tiny. And we're just doing like kind of branded stuff. I don't know. But it's gone on for so long this COVID 19 outbreak and the pandemic and everything. And everything else is just on fire and crazy. That I'm just dropping the COVID nineteen film festival from it, so we are officially back to normal.
1: Yeah, is it still decorum to be like, "How are you holding up? How, how are you doing?" And you know what I mean. It doesn't. It feel like every ep- every podcast episode yep. starts that way, just like every email is. I hope this email finds you well. You
0: yeah. Know? Oh yeah. I, I've been meaning every time I start an episode, I need to say, you know, in these uncertain times. Yeah. Um, right. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So we're getting back to normal. Our The official Obsessive Viewer uh, podcast, you know, reintegrating to normalcy has officially started. I don't know. But yeah. So, yeah. Mike, how you doing? We already covered that. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Yeah how are you doing with covid-19 and with everything going on and stuff we
1: have to go there
0: we, we have, have to go to. there it's you know
1: it's fine it's a weird it's a weird life obviously mm-hmm. um and, and i'll tell you what the weirdest thing has been is like it's now officially summer like mm-hmm. so i'm on i'm on summer break from my job which right. is the which is the you know the 8 weeks i get every year mm-hmm. but you know since march 14th i haven't been at work so i'm feeling this weird like you know the benefit of being the teacher a teacher mm-hmm. is i feel like an end point and a, mm-hmm. and a year starts and ends when a when a school year starts and ends for me and right. i get you know a new group of kids and there's a finish line and then the, and a new beginning every year and without that time feels so like i think of things i did during quarantine mm-hmm. um And it's like, it feels like it was all part of this kind of concurrent thing that all happened in one time meld. Mm -hmm. It was like two months ago. You know, at the beginning of this thing, there were days where I was wearing jackets outside. Mm -hmm. And we're still in this little break. We're still in this quarantine, but now it's 90 degrees outside. It's just a weird time is is probably the weirdest thing that's happened throughout all this.
0: Oh, totally. Like just the losing the sense of time and everything and just regaining it and reevaluating like what time is has yeah. been kind of a struggle. I talked to my boss um yeah, yesterday and she was telling me that she has not like she's not left since March like 17th. Like she has not like she's she's gone like two like places here and there, but she was like, Yeah, I I haven't gone to the grocery store since March. Like her husband wow. yeah. yeah. Her husband works in the building as well. And so he had like he his job he yep. goes in and works in the building. She's been working remote. And so like yep. whenever he goes in, he's just like, All right, what do you need me to pick up at the store? <laughs> and he'll go and get stuff. So <laughs> that
1: was uh not to sound like a deadbeat husband, but essentially that's what my wife did. Mm-hmm. Like she had to continue to go to work. So she would be the one to pick up the girl. we' always nice. did grocery pickup, but she would go to do mm. those. I went to <clears throat> excuse me the comic shop uh mm. a couple days ago, and that was my first foray back into the world like that was my first time in a <laughs> in another building that wasn't my home or my work which Man, which i only nice. i only worked for one week
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh yeah, crazy it's
0: yeah. just weird it's very crazy. Um, unprecedented times, uh-huh. uh, so.
1: but you know what really, uh, and, and again, oh my gosh, not to make light. I know it's been, I know it's been difficult, but right. really, uh, for obsessive viewers like us, mm-hmm. um, lots of time to kind of rewatch yeah. some of the things and check oh, some yeah. things off the list and, 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 uh, be obsessive as yeah. it were.
0: Oh yeah. I will say that, I mean, I've relaunched anthology. As well. So that is slowly but surely getting to a point. I'm, (laughs) if I could geek out for a second, I'm so excited about that because I am two episodes away from, or I'm one episode away of finishing season two of The Twilight Zone on that podcast. Um, Nice. So I've gotten two full seasons of The Twilight Zone under my belt. And here in two weeks, the day before my birthday, uh, season two of the new Twilight Zone is premiering. And I have my birthday off from work. I, I, my birthday is on a Friday. So, like, I'm just going to stay home and just watch the Twilight Zone all day. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. So, I'm so excited about that. But very cool. I've relaunched Anthology and Tower Junkies has (laughs) never before has Tower Junkies been as consistent as it is now. (laughs) Like, uh, and we have stuff that we're banking for later in the year that if all goes as planned, we may have like third uh, like nine episodes banked and ready to roll out whenever they announce when the stand miniseries is going to hit CBS all access. So like we will have that banked and ready to go. Um, so yeah, very so cool. I'm excited. Very but, cool. But yeah, but everything very, else is very, very
1: obsessive of you. Very on brand.
0: Yes. Oh yes. Do we need to talk about what I did last night instead of watching Becky, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you like.
0: Uh just briefly because I do want to give a shout out a uh, contributor and friend of the show and recurring guest um Ben Sears has been uh he's been writing on the website for about a year now. And so last night I was like settled in to watch watch Becky the movie that we're reviewing today. Um and then I was like, "You know what? I'm going to go ahead and just cuz I keep like a note on my phone of like all of my like Movie, like all like film journalism, I have all of my movies, like like my reviews that I post. I have all of my podcast episodes I release, just in a running list of just to show like what my what my output for the year is essentially. Um, and I've been doing the same for Ben because I wanted to make like an archive page for him, and I did that last night. So if you go to viewer dot com slash ben dash sears. You'll find his archive of all of his writing that he's done on the website, all of his podcast appearances. And then I got crazy, and I started doing that for myself. Um, and I intend to do that with Mike and Tiny as well, because you guys wrote for the website quite a bit in the early we days. We did, yeah. We used to. Yeah. yeah. So if you go to obsessiveviewer.com slash matt-hurt-2013, you will see uh, links to all 94 articles that I posted throughout 2013. Um, Yeah, so that's that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I have been... Um, checking off. Oh, I I completed my uh my horror movies for 2020 list. Nice, which I was pretty excited about. Um, that kind of rolled over from the leftovers from last year. Mm-hmm. It was also a couple of like top ten lists from 2019, a couple of personal lists from 2019, uh, and then just some like oldies, some 70s and 80s that I had nice. never seen that I wanted to see, and I it was um I need to. I need to put it together and kind of remake the list. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, actually, uh, but it's something like 50 movies. Oh, and I was wow. able to get through, yeah, get through that list. So that's pretty exciting.
0: That is awesome. Nice. Yeah. I yeah. Uh, we've talked ad nauseum about our list obsessions and everything, but I, <laughs> I and I've talked about this before, and I'm saying it again to hold me accountable for it. Which it's, it's stacked. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm going on a limb and saying that I'm not going to do, I'm not going to achieve this the way that I want to, but I have lists of review series that I want to do for the website. So I have like, if you go to obsessiveviewer.com, there's a link at the top and the menu that says featured review series. And if you click on that, you'll see like underneath it, a list of all these different like franchises and stuff. And, uh, it's it's daunting, but I'm working on it. Like I have the Universal Monsters review series that I'm doing, and I've got uh, Godzilla that's coming out here in a couple of weeks. That's going to start posting. Um, but it's it's a ridiculous, ambitious thing. So yeah,
1: you're a psychopath.
0: I know. Yeah, and like this is stuff like I'll be writing when I'm dead. Um, so <laughs> it's uh, it's a little it's a little ridiculous. Um, but. Obsession aside and everything um, any news that we need to go over, oh, uh we talked we, last time you were on, we talked about the movie theater th- aspect of it and everything um, oh yeah, yeah, so they ha- there's not much not much has really come out in terms of news, except that I think I heard that like movie theaters are allowed to open on Monday this coming Monday but i know yeah. that like amc is projecting that they're going to open up in july yeah. um, they didn't say well, a specific date well and day. you
1: know um i think they're going to open but i don't think they're going to have anything to show and mm-hmm. i re- i'm i'm really guessing a lot of these movies um announcing you know release dates mm-hmm. are going to be release dates and then leading up to it it's going to be vod See theatrical, so you'll get the feeling that mm, it's a theatrical premiere, even though they won't be. That's it, feels, it, it feels like theater to me.
0: Okay, that's interesting because that's what Fecus said essentially. So, what AMC, when I texted Fecus last night about it, and uh, AMC, I think what the idea is that they are going to try to reopen all of their theaters to coincide <laughs> with the theatrical release of Tenet and Wonder Woman 1984. Okay. Um, and the idea like the thing that I posited to Fecus, which we need to get Fecus back on, but we'll get to that eventually. Um (laughs) he the thing I posited to him is that like, okay, I wonder so say that AMC opens all of their theaters and Tenet comes out and is has a theatrical run. Wonder Woman 1984 comes out and has a theatrical run. I am very curious what like the box office will be. Like, is it going to be just a massive like celebratory like just huge numbers? No, absolutely
1: yeah. not. I it'll be yeah. and even at at capacity. Mm-hmm. You know, if everybody comes out to celebrate, it'll be fifty percent because these theaters are going to have to can only hold fifty percent.
0: Yeah, and that's that's so, why that's the that's what I kind of came to at the, at the end of that. Like that, plus they're going to have to implement uh, more thorough cleaning uh, for after each screening. So that's going to stagger the screenings longer than uh, the time frame between the screenings and everything. Oh,
1: that's absolutely right. Yeah, yeah.
0: but. On the other hand... No, the,
1: the theater-going experience is affected for, I, I think, longer than we even think right now. Yeah, and I,
0: I... That, I hate that so much. Like, that is such a bummer. I know it. Um, yeah, I don't know.
1: <sighs> I mean, we're just gonna have
0: to wait it out and see. Yeah. One thing that Fekas said when I was texting him was that cuz like when AMC closed down um they said like okay well obviously all of the A list subscriptions are on hold we're not going to like when we open back up we'll resume your memberships and everything and like I'd mentioned something about that to Fekus and he's like yeah I think I think that is done like we're not like those aren't going to exist anymore
1: Oh shit you're right Yeah
0: which Yeah I have this like in my head, I have this like gung ho thing where I'm like, yeah, when they, when this, when this uh, massive corporation opens their their stuff uh, up again, I I'll gladly go and support them and everything. I'll pay for a ticket. Yeah, right. It's fine.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: But it's also like, what, like, how sustainable is that going to be? How long are they going to have to do? Like, how long is it going to be before they can like have? theater's at capacity again.
1: Right. Um, oh, my God. I, I had not considered AMC A-List and, and yeah. how that's more than
0: likely done. Yeah. Oh, I... Yeah. Especially with the way that they're talking about how they're, like, on the verge of bankruptcy and... Right. It's... Yeah. Like, <laughs> that sucks so bad. Because, like... Okay. Back in... What was it? Like, 2018 or something when when A-List happened like when movie pass was going on and all of that stuff was happening if you if we could go back in time and be like hey uh there is a very big chance that that is gonna like we're never gonna see that again or if it is like it's all up in the air and stuff and that's all the information we gave our younger selves it would be like well yeah because it's a subscription service like they're losing money and stuff and it's like yeah
1: right yeah
0: like it's just baffling to me like that idea is likely dead but it's not because it's a subscription service to a movie theater thing. It's because of something that we could have not, we could not have predicted happening. Um, Unbelievable. Just, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's a bummer, yeah. but I just, I'm, I, I really want to see a movie in a theater mm. again. I know.
1: I know. And it can't, it can't be overstated enough how, mm. how well aware we are yeah. of the, of the actual issues that people are, oh, people are yeah, dealing yeah, with. Yeah. But, you oh, know yeah. in our in our small uh in our small world it's t- it's t- a total disappointment yeah. i mean it's it, it, yeah Mo- the movie industry has changed forever
0: yeah oh yeah and i i don't know we'll have to talk more about it when we have more information it's more clear like what the landscape of movie going is going to be like but yeah. like Fecus had had that same thought that he was like, I think that like Tenet and Wonder Woman are going to be like a month, a-, a month after they're in the theater, they're going to be VOD. And like, I just, it's so like, even with everything that's happened, it's so hard for me to wrap my head around that, that these massive movies like Christopher Nolan's next movie and fucking Wonder Woman is yeah. going to be VOD. Um, I know it. Yeah. It's just, ugh.
1: Well, that's a that's a line that I I, f- I almost feel like if you cross it, you c- can you come back?
0: Yeah, I I don't know, and it's weird that like again we've we talked about it a couple months ago or a while ago or whenever it was, but it's just weird to think that like <laughs> uh, with all of the stuff that happened with Trolls World Tour, like did that kill the theatrical experience? Right. Um, it's oh. Yeah. Uh, It's, it's something else. It's something else. Um, yeah. But like you said, we also have like the world has a lot more big things going on, um, that clearly, uh, need attention and, uh, is crazy. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that was kind of a downer of a beginning to this episode. (laughs)
1: Uh, yeah. Let's bring it back up. Let's yeah. bring it back up. Oh,
0: yeah. Before we do that, let's just say that we did a Patreon recording. It was a lot of fun. Uh, if you want to support us on Patreon, go to patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. And Mike, do you want to talk about your Patreon experience that's forthcoming
1: let's hold let's hold it let's okay. wait I'll, I'll come on when it's a little more official okay
0: cool if you want more <laughs> yeah. information about that just check out our patreon feed there at obsessive viewer uh, patreon.com slash obsessive viewer so yes so let's go we're going to talk about i, I think we're going to talk about two movies if you want um sure i i
1: kind of only planned for Becky, but I can okay. I can riff on the other one if you'd like.
0: Okay, yeah, we can let's talk briefly about Scream Queen, uh, my Nightmare on Elm Street.
1: In the midst of the 1980s, no one was scarier than Freddy Krueger. I love Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. I was obsessed, loving Freddy Krueger, loving a Nightmare on Elm Street. But Part Two came along, and it was just a strange movie. For a lot of us, Nightmare on Elm Street Two was our introduction to like been a lot of gay in that movie.
0: Kind of a siren song for the queer horror community. Mark Patton's, a, I mean, he's a scream queen. Um, okay. Documentary that is available on Shutter right now. Um, I don't have a lot to say about it, but I think that we can kind of have a little conversation about it, especially with sure. it being Pride Month and everything. Um, yeah. Like you said in the Patreon thing, I didn't even think of that. Like that, yeah. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, so that was
1: kind of why it was kind of um why I thought it would be fun to talk about it and why I kind of made a point. I I think yeah. did I watch it on the 5th? I guess I watched it on the 5th. I was like, you know, it's a good kind of way to kick off pride to watch uh Freddy 2, yeah. which is not a good movie and then uh and Scream Queen.
0: Oh god. So you did rewatch Freddy 2?
1: I did. I did a double feature in one night. And I, I, w- uh, One thing I've been doing is, I'll put a kind of a movie that I'm, uh, that I haven't seen in a while on while I'm on the treadmill. Okay. And so I'll run while I watch one of those. And I had to like stop and get off the treadmill because, oh, yeah. like I, I need there to be a little more entertainment mm-hmm. while I'm running. Sure. And Freddy Two is. I, I, here we are reviewing Freddy too, but like, um, I can't believe they made seven more movies after that. I that, can't believe that
0: movie got more sequels. Yeah, that is, that's really interesting. Like that, cause I haven't seen it in easily 10 years, probably longer than 10 years. Um, yeah. and I just, I just didn't like, like, it was just such a far cry from the original and yes. like, I, like it's such a weird, cause the third one is dream warriors, right? Yes. Okay. Um,
1: which, which is kind of the favorite of fans of the franchise. Yeah. I'm not a Freddy fan. So I, you know, I, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't come at that franchise with any expertise whatsoever.
0: Okay. Um, the best I know about Freddy is that the first, hang on, um, uh, freddy has knives for fingers and uh it was a great movie and the first one was but the rest sucked um to quote that's yeah that's from
1: scream that's pretty good
0: yeah um
1: Um, yeah well no so the first one is obviously a genre classic Mm. Uh, you know that's been said many times but they came man freddy 2 and uh it's just not good and it, mm-hmm. and it's there are parts that drag so slowly um i think there I think that some of the characters are interesting mm-hmm. and well developed um and I also think that you know Freddy... Uh, as kind of a uh, you know the the killer, the maniac mm-hmm. um, the ghost, or whatever kind of maintains that dread that he has in the first one rather than the like the cut up jokester right. that he has later on, um, but man, other than that, the way that it treats the mythos of the first movie. Mm-hmm that was such an interesting concept of like if you go to sleep he he kills you in your dreams that's yeah. o- almost completely absent from this movie mm-hmm. it's like they mention it only to pay lip service to the first movie yeah. um and then it, it like basically the house is the thing that's haunted mm. which makes no sense whatsoever huh. and um, it's like a
0: possession movie too from right yes yeah. yes
1: yeah. um so that's that said um if if I could kind of catch people up to speed why why we're talking about Scream Queen yeah um it, so Scream Queen my Nightmare on Elm Street it is um it's a documentary about Mark Patton who is the main actor mm-hmm. uh of uh the final boy i guess you could mm-hmm. call it in in that in the tradition of the final girl he's the final boy of freddy's dead nightmare mm-hmm. 2 uh and he is a gay man and he mm-hmm. was a closeted gay man uh back when that movie was filmed and released uh and he has had a, a, basically quit the business shortly after that uh because that movie uh was hated not funny enough not hated so much because of the gay undertones mm-hmm. back then that that kind of that certainly came later and they are certainly there um but mostly it was just hated because it was a bad movie
0: yeah and And then his career was like he was he was on uh, on the rise essentially like he was he was going to go somewhere at least um yeah and then it kind of which i
1: wasn't aware that he was such a a, such a a up-and-comer you know uh, and so this this documentary it's on shutter it's a shutter exclusive um
0: is it a shutter exclusive? it is I think it's one of the situations where it was on the festival circuit and then shutter bought it, and yeah okay
1: um so they it, it's basically about him. Kind of fo- so. On one hand, it tells the story of where he's been since then and the mm-hmm. fallout of it. Uh, but also, the the kind of narrative arc is he's looking for uh, this comeuppance or or this apology from. I think essentially both the writer and the director yeah. of the film, who for a long time denied any um any like knowledge or implication yeah. that they tried to make a uh a, a a gay horror movie right he denied and intention for that yeah. di- yes exactly right and it's so it so clearly is
0: yeah oh yeah and
1: and one of the things i said uh in the patreon and so sorry for repeating this listeners <laughs> uh is um it's so cool that you know the gay community has adopted that movie mm-hmm. and has adopted Mark Patton as as this gay horror icon that is so yeah. wonderful to have and I, and I mm-hmm. celebrate
0: that um, the thing uh, that I love... if I could break in for a second the thing that p- I please, love about yes, yes. that is that that is so in keeping with the horror community like absolutely when like when we would go to conventions and stuff and like like that it is the it is so <laughs> It's just marvelous the way that the horror community is so just welcoming and, and just like everyone is there for the same thing everything is there everyone's there because they love the genre and it's so it's a such a such a unique kind of thing because horror is just pl- like a playground of despair and like um uh what's it, like extremism in a lot of cases, uh-huh. in a lot of different levels of extremism, like in terms of just visuals and gore and everything, but also just emotional like like that is the height of like the medium in terms of like horror is like, or the genre of horror is like an intensity that you have, and like you have like this community that's built around that intense genre that is just like the warmest and most welcoming thing. It's just an interesting juxtaposition. And it I, is. And I love that Nightmare on Elm Street Two has grown into like uh, a gay icon of film and of of mm-hmm. genre film. Um, so yeah, I just and I so, love that aspect of it.
1: Yeah, it, it, and it's great, and and so it is that for uh, uh, you know members of the gay community. But mm-hmm. in the late '80s and the '90s, it was uh, it was almost homo- homophobic the way that movie was treated. Yeah, because because of. Um, you know, I keep I keep wanting to say "gay subtext" because that's right. kind of the buzzword, but it, it's overt that oh, that, yeah. that it's a that it's a gay movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, Mark Patton is hoping. So, uh, so, uh, so essentially, in the movie, what happens, or in the documentary, what happens mm-hmm. is um, the writer claimed that that the those the gay undertones that uh, weren't there, and the reason it feels. Uh, like it's a gay movie is because their lead actor put put that onto the movie right. uh, which which is which essentially railroaded mark patton's career mm-hmm. and and he's arguing no you guys that that was a that is a gay movie and that's on the page mm-hmm. the way you wrote that and so um to to, um, to do a little bit of criticism one of the, one of the things I loved about it is any of the scenes with Robert England mm-hmm. is he is he so wonderful or what
0: oh I yeah oh he's amazing <laughs> like every time he was on it I was like this i I don't know i I, I love that man
1: just just admitting like taking mark's side and being mm-hmm. like yeah that scene where the where the two of us are confronting each other yeah. when he goes to the basement and comes upstairs uh, uh from the boiler room hmm and they're like flirting with each other and he's like yeah "Yeah, that's totally what it was it was Mm -hmm. sexual uh uh um and that's awesome that's so cool to hear the star of the movie the 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 villain of the movie admit that as well yeah whereas the go ahead
0: and he does it so much as a matter of fact thing it's not like he's like he's not doing any heavy lifting to try to like put like connect dots or anything like that. It's just like, you get the sense that he genuinely feels that way. It's like, yeah, duh. It's like exactly what they were intending. And that's what was happening in the scene. I just, I love that. Yeah. Me too.
1: Yeah. So if I could criticize the movie, Mm -hmm. it, it, it kind of, um, it forces this narrative arc that, that it's kind of based on this apology that Mark Patton is hoping for. Mm hmm. And I think the movie wants you to believe there's a resolution, but I don't think Mark gets a good enough apology.
0: No, like that, that moment made it, it, I was more engaged (coughs) with the documentary when it reached its kind of crescendo with that moment. But I will also like agree that, yeah, it is, it's not the apology that he wanted. It's not the interaction that, yeah. The documentary was kind of building toward um
1: so the director and- of Nightmare 2, not of Screen mm-hmm. Queen. Right. The director straight up says, "Hey, I think you should get over this." Yeah. Which sucks. That's right. awful. Oh yeah. And then the writer who he who he really had the 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 beef with mm-hmm. um like danced around it and he almost gave him that that terrible kind of apology where like I'm sorry if you feel bad about yes, this. Yes.
0: Yes. Oh yeah. He kind of and, and to, to the documentary's credit or to his the writer's discredit, um he really made himself out to look like kind of a jackass. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um one of my kind of I wouldn't say complaints about the documentary, but one of my kind of Issues with it was that it it is very much um, contingent on the viewer having knowledge of Nightmare on Elm Street too. Like they, I did, I felt like they could have gone a little bit deeper into what the actual symbolism and, and the overtness of the subtext uh, was, but like yeah. they just kind of just paid lip service to it and like like i said it's been a long time since i've seen the movie and i don't remember that clearly and i don't really want to revisit it but yeah um, yeah. yeah so that that well, was one failing i thought
1: <laughs> that's fair i think one of the things and I and I struggle with this because I want to be progressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might have talked about this on the podcast before. Wow. To me, it is more important to be an advocate for people who need advocates, right? Yeah. For me, it is more important that the gay community loves this movie mm-hmm. than anything else. But it can be... Two things can be true. The first is that the gay community loves it, and it's a gay movie. That Mm. is true. That can be true. The other thing that is also true is it's not a good movie. Right. And... I wonder if the 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 director of the documentary was aware of that mm. and kind of didn't 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 want to linger too much on the movie yeah. to also have to deal hey this is you know this is, was adopted by the gay community the star was a gay man hi, hi, there's his struggle they didn't also because at the end you know the when it, when it kind of picks up um there's kind of a a feel-good moment of like, you know, they have this movie and it's wonderful and he gets to change life. And that's so cool. And I almost feel like they eschew talking about the movie because it's like they would also have to say, yeah, but it's just not a great movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And is the documentary better for it that it doesn't touch on that? Or is that, I don't want to say misleading, but is that more just kind of looking at it through just... I don't even want to say rose-colored glasses, but is it just, is it looking at Nightmare on Elm Street 2 from a very specific lens and avoiding the context of it just being just objectively bad movie?
1: (laughs) Right. I don't know. And I, and I think that's a, a a pertinent question to ask, especially when it shows like uh, when you, when it, so, at about the second act, like when they talk about the release of the film mm-hmm. and they kind of do do those um uh face interviews with mm-hmm. people at like conventions or whatever yeah wh- where the question is clearly what do you think of Nightmare on Elm street part two right and there's 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 this like tone of homophobia over it mm-hmm. and now there are some there's a couple of overt homophobic comments from yeah. those people, but other individuals are kind of just talking about the movie as if it's not good Mm -hmm. and those people are kind of painted as homophobic
0: yeah i could definitely see that yeah it's it's just kind of
1: like what like one guy's like uh it's just not good Mm -hmm. and then it cuts to yeah and then you see the guy's butt and that's kind of gay and it's like well you don't have to put those side to side because those two people were saying two different things
0: yeah, that's, that's true. That's a good point. Um, yeah, there was something I was going to say about, about the documentary also, but I can't remember. Now. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, oh, that's what I was going to say. So the documentary is like, it even says that it's kind of, um, uh, born from to an extent born from, uh, the big franchise documentary. What was the Nightmare on Elm Street documentary? called? Oh.
1: Never sleep again.
0: Never sleep again. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. maybe I to play Which devil's advocate, seen. huh?
1: Which I have seen. Oh,
0: nice. To play devil's advocate, maybe that's why they didn't need to rehash like the actual content of of Nightmare on Elm Street two because it was covered in that presumably. Yeah. So, yeah. They
1: are definitely assuming you've seen it. Yeah. They're definitely assuming you've seen it recently. Mm-hmm. Um
0: yeah. And we'll get to Becky here in a second, but um, just kind of. Well, this is this is a dumb question because I know I know you, but Never Sleep Again <laughs> versus the Friday the Thirteenth franchise like documentary. What was it oh, called? Oh
1: yeah. Oh, you're putting me on the spot now. Yeah. I can't remember. Um, Crystal Lake Memories. Yes, there yeah. you go. Um. I don't know. I can't I can't give you an objective answer.
0: Okay. Really? Because oh, yeah, objective answer. Because
1: it's so far and away uh uh Jason. It's just so mm-hmm. much like by the time So when I watched Never Sleep Again, I actually watched it pretty close to when I watched uh, the documentary okay. uh, Crystal Lake Memories. I had already read the Crystal Lake Memories book. Okay. So I had so I had that. I love Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. Um but, like, with the, the nightmare one, so I love the first Nightmare on Elm Street, and then I I love the the um, the uh, subtext and then the overt uh, homosexuality of part two, mm-hmm. but by the time you get to the third one, I, like, I don't care about the movies anymore, right. cause I just, I don't, I, I'm sorry if I'm upsetting yeah. Freddy fans, I know he's such a big deal, but I just don't get it. Sure. Um and if you if we have any listeners who are who do podcasts and want to come on as a guest and kinda mm. uh we'll do like a fun little debate, I would I would happily Nice. I would happily defend Jason's honor mm. uh against Freddie. <clears throat> uh
0: anyway. yeah, I've always loved the idea of <laughs> I'm I'm not in love with Freddy, but I'm in love with the idea of Freddy. <laughs> um, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because I do think it is just, on the concept level, it is just sheer brilliant. Like the idea of someone killing someone in their dreams is like just remarkable. Like that is that is fear. Like that, from my personal viewpoint, that is like cuz that's that's the one place you're safe. Like you're safe in your yeah, dreams. Totally. Um I, I love it as a concept. Well, and right? it's
1: also, it's, it's, we learn that we're safe when we're older, but when we're younger, sometimes it's not a safe place to be. right? Until yeah. we learn that it is, that right. we're not going to die. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then to, to have those like childhood fears of your dreams manifested into this real yes. guy with knives, who's going to kill you. Oh, It's yeah. interesting. My son, my son, uh, who just turned four mm. yesterday, nice. uh, is, has Happy been birthday. having bad dreams. And so we're dealing with that, and he's had to sleep in our bed a couple times because he's having bad dreams. Uh, and obviously, not a a a burn victim with knives for hands. Sure. Um, but tonight, as we were <laughs> recording this podcast, right. actually, he told he asked me to come upstairs so mm-hmm. I could look under his bed to see to make sure there were no ghosts under there.
0: Nice. Aww. I didn't tell
1: you. I didn't tell you that because we were trying to record. But right.
0: That's really sweet. Yeah. And that's uh, yeah. Uh future Oscar, if you're listening to this, happy bel- happy belated birthday, or happy uh, birthday, uh, you know. Uh, yeah. yeah.
1: I, will, I will let him listen to this on his 13th birthday, right after I let him listen to C.J. Graham, who played Jason in Friday the 13th Part 6, also wish him a happy birthday in the future.
0: Did he really? Did I tell you about that? No, you didn't.
1: Yeah, one of the cons I went to... Nice. I guess you weren't there. I, I just went with Jeff. Mm-hmm. And, uh... It, yeah, so it was CJ Graham, super nice guy. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Uh, and I, we were just talking and we kind of started talking about fatherhood. Uh, and he's like, he, he hasn't seen any of the movies. And I'm like, heavens, no, he's, he's mm-hmm. like two. Right. And he's like, well, well, do you have a phone? Get your phone out. Let's do a video. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah, his line was kind of, lo- it was like late on, on okay. this, the last day of the con. And so, so he did this video and he was like, Oscar, my name is CJ Graham. I'm in a movie that your dad loves very much. And he was just like, it was super cool. That it was is really, really that cool. Is of him really
0: sweet. Oh yeah. God. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, he
1: uh, did, he did sign the picture Oscar with a K.
0: Okay. And,
1: <laughs> and it's Oscar with a C in, right. in life, but whatever, whatever.
0: Yeah. S- super nice guy. Super nice. Nice. Guy. That's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, overall thoughts on Scream Queen. I, I liked it as g- gaining an, um a window into a different perspective of a movie that I've just written off as just being a bad movie, and like I like you, I think it's wonderful that um that the gay community has has latched onto it or found like good in it um mm-hmm. and feel that their uh voice is being you know amplified or they're they're being seen by having this movie exist and and the genre that they love and everything which is great i just i just hated the movie <laughs> yeah uh but the documentary was was solid uh a little bit of a letdown at the end but i did find myself just really um appreciating uh his story and his his journey as it went through because i mean it's no secret that like there is like Rampant homophobia throughout history and in, in the in the film scene and the film industry. So it's interesting to see that kind of retold and and uh, through the lens of the horror genre specifically. And there's some yeah. um, they talk about the AIDS epidemic and everything and how that played into the fear of, of homosexuals in the, in the industry and everything. And I thought that that was maybe one of the strongest points of the entire documentary for me. Um, but overall I, I enjoyed it. Um, what were your overall thoughts on it?
1: Yeah, I feel the same. I I think you kind of touched on most of the points I would have touched on. The only thing I'll add, uh, is that I, I hope, I hope Mark Patton, feels at, as good in real life as the movie made him look at the end i i, I hope he yeah. genuinely feels like that apology was the one he was hoping for mm-hmm. and it wasn't manufactured for the movie because right. I- if it were me i would i would hope for more for yeah. him uh i i really think the writer said some unfair things mm-hmm. about him yeah. uh and and so I, I i hope i mean i know you know the, this movie uh will do a lot i hope when conventions kind of start back up and mark patton yeah. is able to go he'll the, he will feel even more of that momentum that positivity that had started the last couple of years i i, I hope funny. that for him
0: definitely awesome yeah well that is our review of scream queen my nightmare on elm street and uh that's available on shutter so awesome we talked a lot more about that than i expected so that's that's great yeah
1: i know this is a dual review yeah. by the way the th- sh- uh subscribe to shutter it's
0: totally worth it oh it guys. really is like uh because we talked about like horror noir and uh there's a bunch how of much is,
1: how much is it a month hmm? six bucks a month something like that what'd you say how much a month how much is the the subscription oh per month? yeah
0: it's only like five or six bucks yeah
1: it there there is it's worth $5 for one movie a month. Yeah. There you you will get one movie a month yeah. on there. That that is great.
0: I paid more to rent Becky than I paid for a month of Shutter.
1: <laughs> Me too. I bought Becky cuz oh, it was really? only it was only $2 more than renting it.
0: Oh wow. Okay. Huh. Yeah. I just yeah, that's
1: it. that's a good point. <laughs> nice. Oh yeah, but uh, tigers are not afraid. Mm. Terrified Satan slaves. I th- that might have been on Amazon. Uh, uh, yeah. Scream Queen, mm-hmm. Creep um, Show. The Creep Show, show is on there. Yeah. To Helen back the uh, the Kane Hodder documentary. There's a couple of Friday the 13ths on there right now. Uh, there's Joe Bob Briggs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so good. Check out Shudder, Nice. Please.
0: Have you watched the Creep Show? No, no. I, I that no. was one of the like quarantine things that I watched in the background while I was working from home um yeah. eventually we'll cover it on tower junkies but uh it, i really like it because obviously i love anthology yeah. formats and everything so
1: <laughs> well you know me it's a it's a show and i just can't seem to prioritize yeah. shows
0: yeah and i've <laughs> i've i've told you this in jest several times but there is a kernel of truth in it that there's no way that there's no way it could be feasible or whatever but god it would be so much fun to spin off anthology and do an anthology horror podcast where we just talk about like tales from the crypt and like creep show like and thought like episodic anthology shows um but it would just be too much work
1: yeah um yeah
0: but it would be great in another timeline in another universe we're on anthology horror (laughs) <laughs> so
1: yeah should i do should that be uh what long-winded is is <laughs> right. just a horror movie podcast <gasps> oh, yeah. should i just do a horror movie podcast <laughs> nobody
0: nobody wants me to do a solo podcast right no yeah everyone wants to wants you to i no. i am so here's my philosophy with podcasts and everything so i obviously you know like you know me, I have a lot of anxiety and everything. And a lot of that has been quelled a bit from just the, like uh, the experience of podcasting and doing three podcasts and everything. But every time I see like someone say something like, Oh, who would want this? Or or, like, I have this idea for a podcast, but who's going to listen to it? Who cares? Like, who does this? Like every time I see that, I like my like big, like philosophy is that like, okay, yes, there are a bunch of other Stephen King podcasts. There are a bunch of other Twilight Zone podcasts. There are a bunch of other um, <laughs> uh broad ass white people talking about like broad topics of movies and TV podcasts.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: But there is only one version of each of those podcasts where me and my friends are putting our feelings and thoughts out there and like yeah you're that's right. the that's the line of delineation for me is that like no one has your opinion on no no one has your exact opinion informed by your exact life experience and your exact philosophies and ideologies and the way that you interpret media and everything is unique to you so you doing a podcast about that is not like I mean, sure. If your podcast is just reading Wikipedia and everything, like that's yeah. going to be drowned out and everything. But like, I like this thing. I like to think that you know your personality is what you're presenting to the podcasting world, and you're that's what that's what you're selling in terms of like what a pod, what you're doing on the podcast. So yeah.
1: Fair enough. Yep. So long. You did presented Matt, by Obsessive has. Matt has a satchel full of feathers and he just loves to throw them at my cap. Every time <laughs> right. every time we talk and hang out. He he is just like a human birthday. Every day <laughs> I just get to every time I talk to Matt I just get to feel good about myself. Oh,
0: that's awesome. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um but yeah, but that's my that's my personal philosophy and everything. So so yeah. Well we we have another movie to review, we shall do? we? <laughs> Let's talk about <laughs> Becky. Um yeah. here is a clip from the trailer. We're gonna do a non-spoiler review and then a spoiler review for Becky, which is available on VOD right now on all the plat- all the platforms and everything. So here is a uh clip from the trailer. What happened by your forward, Becky? <laughs>
1: For four inmates who escaped federal custody this morning, authorities say the men are armed and extremely dangerous. Come on, boy, let's go swimming. Let's oh, can swim. you wait a second? What is she doing here?
2: You let her walk all through. over you. She's 13.
1: Jeff, this gentleman lost his dog. Okay, well, why don't you give us your number? My dog is a Rottweiler. purebred, or What's the Germans call them? Rottweiler Metzgerhund.
0: Okay, so... Per IMDb, Becky is from 2020, obviously. A teenager's weekend at a lake house with her father takes a turn for the worse when a group of convicts wreaks havoc on their lives. Uh, this movie stars Lulu Wilson as Becky, uh, Kevin James as Dominic, Joel McHale as Jeff, And, uh, Robert Maillet as Apex, uh, directors are Jonathan Mallott and Carrie Murnian. And the movie was written by people that are loading up on my, on my IMDb app, uh, Nick Morris and Ruckus Sky and maybe some others. So, uh, Sky, so, Mike, when you approached me about being on the podcast again, you said, Hey, I'm itching to be on the podcast. Uh, Is there anything? Do you have any topics coming up? I was like, Well, is there a movie that you wanted to see that you want to talk about? And you said Becky. So, what were your expectations going into Becky and uh, how were they met when you watched the movie, kind of in broad terms?
1: Okay, getting it out there. Um, Well,. You know me, I just kind of want to consume anything horror, mm-hmm. and especially now, during uh, you know the quarantine, where things just aren't coming out, it's very easy for a new horror movie to come out, and me to just... there's nothing impeding me from watching a new thing. Right. And so, uh, to be frank... Bloody disgusting," said. "Hey, here's a new horror movie." Mm -hmm. So I said, "Hey, Matt, let's watch this movie and talk about it." Nice. Um, so that that's kind of the broadest reason why. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other reason is because uh, I I guess you could call me a fan of Lulu Wilson. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I, you know, I think widely a lot of people liked her in uh, *Haunting of Hill House*, but uh, you know, I thought she was particularly great in two uh period piece sequels to oh, to yeah. bad movies she was in the ouija sequel which is really superior to the first that's one right. uh, and she was also in annabelle creation uh which is a sequel to um uh, annabelle
0: yeah that's that, uh, and wow, she, that's, she's, that's a good point point. and ouija origin of evil was mike flanagan right yes
1: yes yeah. okay i yeah. still haven't seen
0: it so yeah yeah Oh, it's really good. Nice. Well, I, that is really good. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh and and she's great in it. She kind of nice. has she kind of has that um like uh not quite realistic take on being a child. You know what okay. I mean? Like yeah. she's probably been a child actor longer than she can even remember. Mm-hmm. So I I wouldn't say she has that knack for like seeming like she's really a kid, but sure. nonetheless as a child actor, she's a really good actress. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. In this movie, she deals with some pretty heavy stuff that I think she does pretty well. I had some issues. We'll talk more about it in, in detail, but I had some issues with the characterization and stuff. I th- I Honestly, I felt the movie was kind of hollow in that regard, even though it does... Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it does play with some pretty intense emotional stuff, but it doesn't really go there with them. It's They're just kind of set dressing, in my opinion. But she handled well, it well.
1: Yeah. If, if I... um. If I could kind of take your comment and kind of run with it, mm-hmm. I can deal with hollow. I, I I think purposefully. Mm-hmm. Um, like, do you call out a MacGuffin every time you see it? Like when you <laughs> yeah. when, when you see a key, are you just like the, MacGuffin, this and it doesn't matter w- what that is?
0: This one <laughs> just drove me crazy. Um, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's similar so, to like like Mission Impossible three. It wildly yeah, the different. The rabbit's movie. foot. Yeah, but. Weirdly enough, I don't mind it in Mission Impossible Three because that's JJ Abrams being JJ Abrams. Same and everything. Yeah, same. But like same. Here it's like it's just like okay, like you're <sighs> being way too vague. Like yeah. I didn't need to know like what the key went to. I didn't need to know like what like I didn't need to think like, oh, okay, it's it's uh um the suitcase from Pulp Fiction and this is what's inside it. It was a thing where it's like, I need to know more detail about why it's important. I need to know why Dominic needed that key to do like his neo-Nazi thing. Like I needed more specifics. Um,
1: Well, and that it suggested that what he, he either lived in that house or hid it in that house before. That's such a, like, they don't touch on that even slightly except that he knows where to go to look for it and he's like in the basement yeah and it's like how long have they so anyway we'll we'll get to that uh when we get there yeah but uh, um like i said i can i can deal with hollow and and Mm. this movie is what 86 minutes so uh, it it, it's basically it has an idea it barely has a thesis. It has it, an idea. Uh, and it does that thing, and you see some really great gore effects. We'll, we'll talk yeah. about those, and, and maybe we'll talk about those in the spoiler section. Right. Um, so if if I'm coming in for just that, it's fine. I will say the biggest issue I had it with it um, was the, the – Tonal bifurcation, and I, I almost giggled when you were reading the directors and the writers. Mm. But there are two directors mm. and three writers, okay. and none of the writers are the directors. Okay. And so there's this tonal. Um, uh, well, I, I said bifurcation, yeah. so I'll, so I'll go with that. By the Where, way,
0: I want that to be your podcast name. <laughs>
1: tonal to- bifurcation. Tonal bifurcation. <laughs> <laughs> album title.
0: Nice.
1: <laughs> I actually have a a, lit, a note on my phone of just album titles. Oh know.
0: that's awesome. I love it.
1: What my, my current favorite is uh psychobabble bullshit.
0: Oh, that's great. Oh I love that.
1: Thank, yeah, thank nice. you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Anyway, um so uh Tonal bifurcation, copyright Mike White. Mm-hmm. Two thousand twenty. Um is they there they're, uh, there are scenes where this movie wants to be heavy. Mm-hmm and say things. yeah. And then there are scenes where she straps up and she's got, you know, colored pencils and a ruler. And it's like, is the main character of this movie supposed to be eight
0: or 13? The, uh, in my Letterboxd review, I referenced it that at times it becomes a uh, teen diehard in the woods. Um <laughs>
1: Right. Oh, and people have said home alone yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And I
0: covered that too. But um in like <coughs> in my original review I was like preteen die hard in the woods and then and then I edited it and I was like teen and then I edited it again and put teen preteen question mark in parentheses. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: well, like, Lulu Wilson is thirteen and Mm -hmm. was certainly twelve when they filmed this, so that doesn't confirm how old the character is. But she is a preteen in this. But I, I would say, you know, those scenes where she's got like the 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 stupid like little fox hat that a child would wear, like the I feel like the writers wrote this movie. Wouldn't it be cool if an eight year old killed some people. Right. And then they cast, you know, the a super famous horror little girl mm-hmm. and they said, well, she's thirteen, but let's just change a little bit. So those yeah. scenes were 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 when I think you say hollow, mm-hmm. I
0: I feel like it's they, they, they couldn't stick with a tone. I can totally get on board with that. I kind of wonder if there were conversations about the age in it cuz like the the IMDb um the IMDb plot summary says a teenager, but I don't know where that plot summary comes from. But yeah. yeah, I don't know if that's like the official one from the studio or what, but like I don't know if that's something that like maybe they were like okay, well we we need to find some ways to kind of age her up a little bit in some parts because it's maybe a little bit too much to um to have her do this but we also need to keep like let's keep the colored pencils and stuff too yeah Um, right exactly
1: it's like the script had these uh uh this iconography Mm -hmm. to it and, and then they cast a 13 year old or a 12 year old and had to and kept those moments because at other times yeah. there are these interesting um blocking choices or, or mm-hmm. editing choices where they're they're cool because they're different but I, I i think they're more like film students saying look what i can do yes
0: are you talking about like the the juxtaposition of her and dominic and like the way that so it they just would bleeds over uh, Yes, so they would do yeah. two
1: things. They would, she would close a door and he would open mm-hmm. and come through. And then there's the other one where they're talking on on the walkies, uh, and they're like next to each other, and it looks like they're looking at each other, and it looks like, right. and then they're just in the same shot. Yeah, uh, and yeah. like my instinct is to go, "Hey, that looks kind of cool." Right. And then and then I, you know, I I put on my critical lens and I go, mm. "Yeah,
0: but why?" Yeah. And like even the opening scene is a like a brawl in a prison yard juxtaposed with kids in the hallway of the school beating up someone. And it's like right. it's exactly the same and it's like okay, like I can respect that kind of choice in terms of like some form of subtext or or thematic element of it, which we'll talk more about that in spoilers, because I have just I'm curious what your read of it is in some respects. But um, but like it, it seems so just I don't want to say in your face, but it's like it's there. It, they're not trying to conceal it or try to have it as like, kind of like a subtle kind of thing. It's just like, this is what we're doing in the movie. We're juxtaposing these two characters and their two, their two lives. Yeah. But to what end? I I don't know. (laughs) Right.
1: There's that like brief, uh, uh, a spurt of exposition where the, Mm uh, uh, not stepmother, but, Mm -hmm. um, her dad's girlfriend. Yeah. Or I guess soon to be stepmother, whatever. Right says like she's the most vindictive and creative right. little girl you've ever seen, and I'm like, first of all, h- how do you know? yeah, and second of all, like you said, sorry to keep parroting, but to no, what just- end, yeah, like exactly. what is it and and you know she like well, that's spoilers mm-hmm. um, but there's a there's a look, there's a glint in her eye that's meant to be suggestive but i just i don't get the message
0: same here and like with the with uh, her dad's girlfriend um that whole thing like like that line okay it's supposed to be like threatening for for the for the convicts and everything but it's like we don't like the only thing we see of that or close to that is that she doesn't like her dad's girlfriend because her mom is not around like it's yeah like it's it's a more emotional thing like it's not we don't see her being vindictive or or any of those adjectives toward her or anyone it's just it's so out of left field and it doesn't connect as well
1: it's almost like they don't have the confidence to just give us a movie about a teenager killing these guys. Right. It's like they have to add the cutesy colored pencils. Mm-hmm. They have to add the hat. Yeah. They have to have a character tell you she's vindictive rather than just making her
0: Rambo. Right. Oh, yeah. And that hat, like, <laughs> I like I kept thinking, like, oh, okay, so this is live action Luis Belcher from Bob's Burgers. <laughs> um, right. You're right. Like, yeah, okay. yeah. 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 Um, but it's just. I don't know. What should we uh, wrap up the non-spoiler and go into spoilers? Because I really want to pick your brain about some some things. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but before we do that, how did you feel about uh, the the convicts, the villain characters like Dominic and Apex and their whole little gang?
1: Oh, uh, I mean, two of them were stock characters, and the mm-hmm. other two were for cannon fodder. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, i I will say that and I'll say for a spoiler they they did make one decision about apex that that I was relieved by uh, I, yeah. at the end and we'll talk about that oh yeah um a, a, a couple things before we go to the spoilers um her last name and also her father's last name are hooper and i okay. i just can't help anytime if you make a genre movie and you call if you name one of your characters hooper or carpenter mm-hmm. or craven or whatever you you have to invoke the, the namesakes right yeah. like are they making a reference to toby hooper mm. and to what end that it, yeah. the, the, it does not feel like poltergeist it does mm. not feel like texas chainsaw right uh, that like it, it it's I, i'm seeing this trend of like lesser movies referencing better movies mm. and i'm like don't do that if you don't have if you don't know if your movie is that good that like just show night of the living dead it's free
0: yeah <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> anyway what were you saying that that's funny because that is exactly why i didn't like and ha- never revisited um oh my god american horror story <laughs> cuz i didn't like that about the first season oh yeah, yeah.
1: it's yeah you're right yeah. um and anyway the other
0: thing
1: before we get to the spoilers, I want to give people as much as possible in case oh, they want to wait for spoilers. Also,
0: um, to the fact about the the convicts and stuff, um, it just seemed like pretty sta- like it seemed like okay they're they're Nazis, so we don't need to do any like characterization <coughs> or anything. They're just like you said, they're cannon fodder and everything. And right when you have like a A character that's or an actor that's playing against type like kevin james is in this movie like the kind of appeal of that is that presumably he would have something to really sink his teeth into when he's playing against type but he doesn't like it's just a blanket character Um, right yeah yeah there's there's nothing that anybody else
1: couldn't have done Um, how did you
0: feel about his performance
1: it's fine but there's nothing special about kevin james in that role yeah you know his, his I, uh, performance matches the script
0: right his uh, I, I was really proud of my letterboxd uh, review i put uh i put um you've seen him as a king a president and a zookeeper now see kevin uh, yeah. james take on his most challenging non-segue writing role yet in becky where he plays a neo-nazi searching for his keys yeah um, <laughs> that's was, pretty good really proud of that yeah, yeah. Thank you. um uh, but anyway yeah
1: if you will if you'll indulge me in a little bit of like uh Absolutely. schoolyard fan fantasy mm-hmm. um uh oh my god Joel McHale's character's name is Jeff.
0: (laughs) Oh, I love I love
1: this already. And their daughter looks like Jeff and Britta's daughter. Does Does Lulu Wilson not look like she could be Britta's? Like the way her mouth moves, the way she talks, like very like very like emotive in the mouth. And the mother died.
0: You Uh, know. You know. That's that's interesting cuz I when when I saw Lulu Wilson I kept thinking of her like looking like I kept equating her to like a younger like Kate Mara. Um but okay. that's interesting. Yeah,
1: I can see that. I think she I think she looks a lot like uh
0: Gillian Jacobs.
1: Gil, Gillian Jacobs. That's yeah.
0: That's interesting. That's my new headcanon for it. I, isn't, I love that. Isn't that funny. That's, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome.
1: So that's silly. That's that's playground. Yeah playground speculation, but um, I I don't know, I had a little (laughs) fun with that. Uh, The other thing which... I, I will say there's there's some stuff I liked about this movie, mm-hmm. so it, it sounds like I'm complaining a lot. Um, I'm I'm tired of like inmates just escaping from things.
0: Yeah, and yeah. and
1: one of the things I liked about Halloween 2018, mm-hmm. I, I was a little frustrated that he just kind of escaped, but right. then they kind of explained why. Yeah, um, I could talk forever about what I love about Halloween mm-hmm. uh, 2018, but um,
0: I is. Is Halloween Kills still on track was that on track to come out this year or next year?
1: It this year. We'll see. Okay. They, it uh, technically still is, but Okay. Who the hell knows? Yeah, when it whenever it does knows? come out,
0: like we'll have to set aside like three hours to talk about it with you. That would be awesome.
1: Yeah. Maybe <laughs> you could come on my podcast. What? Um I said maybe you could come on my pa- podcast. Yes,
0: absolutely. <laughs>
1: yeah. Anyway, um, uh, oh, what was I saying? Oh, uh, with with Halloween twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. By now, we had had a trailer. Um, okay, so, you know we'll see. Yikes. Um, yeah, just convicts escaping by like tricking the cops. Yeah, yeah just whatever. And just be more clever than that. It
0: wasn't inspired. Like there, there was nothing clever about it. There was nothing unique about it. We don't even like the actual escape of it is off screen like we don't there's nothing it uh, yeah it just again it was there was no texture to it like the movie (laughs) is lacking a certain texture in almost all aspects of it Um, yeah because it just feels like they weren't they they didn't want to put any effort into actually building anything around the characters of the situation yeah yeah Yep. Yep. yeah anything else in non-spoilers no Alright, cool. Well, we are going to go into spoilers for Becky. Once again, it is in available on VOD. Um, Yeah. uh, We've been kind of a little back and forth about it, but um, yeah, I would say check it out if you are into that.
1: Yeah, in in this dearth of horror movies, or Mm -hmm. movies in general, I I think it's totally worth a rental. Um, Yeah. I I try to stick around for this part cuz I mm. I think I'm going to come up um I'm going to talk about some things I like about it and I, okay. and I I I will say anything we might spoil in the next section I don't think is going to ruin the experience right. and 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 forgive me if this is a spoiler but the movie plays out exactly like you think it's going to play yeah, out it really and, does and I'm I'm sorry to just say that in the non spoil section. Yeah. But um so just stick around and listen, cause, cause I am I am gonna uh talk about a few things that I do like about it. I, I, yeah. I think uh the the gore is pretty awesome. So if you're a gore hound, it's it's worth watching for that alone.
0: There was a part <laughs> where I was I paused it and I was cackling with laughter, like that kind of uneasy like, Oh my god, are you fucking kidding? Oh my god, got like cringy like just really yeah. like uh, <laughs> the kind of audacity of the movie to kind of go there. It's not like, yeah, it was, it was, it was, we'll talk about it in spoilers. Um, yeah. yeah, that was, that was a high point for me. Yep.
1: Well, decent, decent horror movie. You could do yep. a lot work or you could do a lot worse. Um, but there, but if, if you're looking for focus and cohesion, look elsewhere.
0: Yep. Yep. Uh, go, go to Blumhouse, go to what Blumhouse. Oh, right. Um, all right, well we're gonna go into spoilers for Becky <laughs> um, and uh, yeah uh, here's a clip from the trailer again probably um, and then when we give, come back we're gonna go into spoilers. so fair warning spoilers on for Becky Pure bread what's the Germans call them Vi Metzgerhund.
1: That's why you never let them mate with other breeds. You get the worst of both.
0: Okay, I think it's time for you to go. Stay calm. I'm looking for a key. It has this symbol engraved on it. You seen it? No. Well, that leaves little Becky. Where's Becky? Wait, wait! He's gonna hold your dad still while I hurt him. I'm not gonna let them get away with this. So, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Where do we begin? Um, I know you said you wanted to touch on something <clears throat> early on. Well, the kills. Yes,
1: I think is the place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, so first kill. We'll 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 skip probably the. Well, uh, now we can talk about the eye. Yeah.
0: Oh my god.
1: So the movie turns into what the movie is going to be in that scene, mm-hmm. and you you could even say that uh, Becky becomes who she's going to be. In that scene as well, yeah. Um, so I, I, I guess if you're listening to this part, you have seen it. The Nazis do kill, uh, uh Jeff, Jeff Winger, Jeff yeah. Winger, <laughs> yeah. Uh, which that surprised me a little bit. I, I, I
0: me too, me too, yeah. yeah. I, the kind of scuffle before leading up to that was kind of it left a little bit to be desired for me. I guess, yeah but uh but yeah it was it was it was pretty surprising yeah,
1: yeah. uh and and i guess if that, if if all they're trying to say is she's an animal now mm-hmm. uh, you know a wild orphan animal killing him is i guess you had to do it i i, st- I still don't know if it works i still don't know if it adds depth to her character
0: no. and We'll talk about the the last scene a little bit, and like what I think the implication of that my read of it at least we'll we'll have to talk about that, so yeah. bookmark that for yeah. later, but yeah,
1: so uh Kevin James kills the dad, she tries to run away, he kind of tackles I keep wanting to call her Lulu, even though mo- the movie's fucking called Becky right <laughs> T- tackles Becky, and she fucking
0: stabs him in the eye with the key, yeah well. And rips out the eye. Yeah, which that kind of felt a little bit... The actual, like, getting there, like, getting the characters into certain places. Like, it felt like it was really contrived in a lot of different ways. All, like, each time it just felt like it wasn't an organic, like, setup and everything. So, like, when... He's like I, I think he like runs at her or something, and there's this really awkward, like clumsy thing where like she's standing there and she has to. I don't know if it's necessarily that she's standing there and she has to wait for him to get to her, but it's like it's weird that like the movie tries to get them into like close to enough quarters for her to stab her, and it just felt really or- inorganic. But, sure. Yeah. I mean, like the like getting like the, bad bad choreography, maybe maybe. But like the actual like the aftermath of that, like the stabbing him in the eye thing felt like the actual stabbing in the eye thing felt like, okay, this is this is just the next thing that the movie wants to do and I'm like, fine. But like when he goes back in the house and like you see like it When you I didn't know
1: I didn't quite know if the eye came out at first. Like it went like this and it goes like this and I was like
0: is that his Is that his eye? Yeah. And I rewound it and I was like, oh shit. Yep. That's where I stopped and I was like screaming at my TV. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, yeah. Ah. And then (laughs) like trying to cut. Like, he's so casual about it and he's just like, yeah, Yeah, you got it. I hated that. Yeah, because um, yeah. again, like, no have texture. you have you ever have you ever scratched your eye before? Like bad? Uh, yeah, yeah, not yeah. like horrible, not like that. <laughs> it's uh, pretty I, well. Right,
1: I had like on vacation. It must mm. have been a like a piece of sand or something. But I like did this and it scratched. Yep, and it like ruined my weekend. Oh yeah, like oh, totally. Uh, like I had to take sleeping pills to fall asleep. Jeez, because the whole I was just like, vi- oh my god. Yeah. And he and and I guess uh, the trauma was to the socket and not the ball. I don't know. Yeah, but he, that. He, he's just like yeah. But then, but then they use the 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 kid scissors, and again, I'm thinking, is she supposed to be eight? Right. Because the, they use that little like child iconography, mm-hmm. and I really think they're trying to say it's a it's a it's a child versus these nazi grown men and they just didn't have the guts to go with a child yeah i agree
0: oh my yeah <laughs> uh yeah is that I a agree. yawn huh is that a yawn i know <laughs> well i gotta do oh shoot it's late, Jesus. Man, sorry. Yeah. um but yeah i agree it's something that it's like you said it's just inconsistent throughout it um when we get to the point, like you said, that's a turning point for it. When she's like going on her like kill spree and stuff and going all Kevin McAllister. Um, it just, like, it's fine. Like the actual gore effects are cool. Like the traps that she sets, like on the dock, that was pretty cool. And I really like how that almost like is her downfall. <laughs> like, like he gets the upper hand, like what henchman number one gets the upper hand on her and like yeah. hits her in the head with the with the thing but even that like and this is in this is endemic of the whole movie i think but did i use that word right endemic uh, indicative indicative yeah okay um indicative of uh the movie as a whole is that like when we have these like cool like set pieces and stuff it's undercut by something else like when she's on the dock with the guy and she like gets the upper hand and knocks him into the into the lake or pond. He's just like, yeah. like I laughed because I was like enjoying the movie and I was like, oh, he's gonna like, uh, it's the classic. Like, oh, help! I can't swim. When the dock is right there, and then he says, "Help! I can't swim," and yeah. I'm like, "Are oh, yeah. you kidding me? Like, really?" Um, you know, that one didn't bother me because that okay. one
1: felt like those. That whole scene felt like a, like a tonal decision. Okay. And and I'll and I'll point out um, the two to two scenes that I actually did like were the really the two kill set pieces. Um, the The first guy comes to her little her little cabin in the woods, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know if you noticed this, but something I thought was kind of cool or nifty or, or whatever. M- maybe if I think about it too much, it's not what she like <clears throat> as she's as she's gearing up. Mm-hmm. She looks in the mirror and she goes. <laughs> like she's getting ready to go, oh. and they take that and they add it to the score. I did. So the not rest pick of the so the rest of the scene has the rhythm and the rest of the music, but also goes. <laughs> oh, that's
0: interesting. I like that a yeah, lot. Huh.
1: It, it is pretty cool. It is that that was pretty cool. Nice. To what effect? I don't know. It was just kind of cool. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but but that was. That extreme, extreme contrast of she's this girl who plays with colored pencils and then also yeah. can stab a ruler through a guy's neck. Right. Um, and I, it, like, that violence, like, got me jazzed. I was like, mm-hmm. this is the movie I signed up for. You know, and this was, was what I was hoping. Yeah. And then, um, my note says fishing scene equals right tone. I wish I had more detail because i can 't remember exactly why <laughs> sure, um, but that when when she gets hit i I always love when they get hurt a little bit mm-hmm. um, and that he's in the water and that he can 't swim. they are doing a slasher scene like a scene from the burning or something okay, but the the killer is her, and I feel like that that is the movie they meant to make okay um and it just i don't the they, i don't think they successfully get from oh she's the monster i i, I don't think that that comes across enough yeah there are two scenes where it's like ah that she's just as violent and ho- and oh my gosh she's like setting up these these like slasher movie scenes huh But I don't don't think the rest of the movie does a good enough job of saying she's also a monster, or kids are monsters, or teenagers are monsters. You know what I mean? I I, I don't know what it's trying to say.
0: I I totally agree. And that, we can kind of leapfrog to the ending, and we can backtrack and talk about more detail later, or earlier in the movie. Because I want to talk about Apex. But... Like, that last scene was so confusing to me because we've got her, like, they're talking, they're talking through the, through the one, two sided glass or whatever. One sided glass. Um, uh, one, whatever. Two sided mirror. That's what I'm looking for. Um, and they're talking about her and then, like, it just zooms in on her face and she has, like, this kind of, like, a smile, I think. But, and she just takes a, takes a gummy worm and eats it. And it's like, okay, is the movie saying that, like, okay, she's, evil and she's she's twirling the key around is like okay is the key supposed to be like a symbol of like the evil that the nazis and convicts and stuff had and she's now succumbing to that and it's showing us that she's always had that within her because she's a shoplifter like right yeah i just don't i just it was such a disconnect for me and i how did you read that Mm -hmm. ending
1: uh, same. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if like it's in her now. I it, it you know there's this like urgh, um sorry
0: no it's fine there,
1: like, there's there's almost this like vengeful you know it kind of it kind of invokes um like I spit on your grave mm-hmm. or. Yeah, I spit on your grave. Where the where okay. the victim, a, a girl, kind of becomes this over the top, mm-hmm. um, uh, like vengeful N- uh, character. But those movies don't suggest, or that movie doesn't suggest that the the the, the girl is then afflicted with that whatever madness. Right. It's just a revenge thing. It's
0: kind of like that. But I don't like Halloween. Was it six or whichever Halloween it was where Jamie. Like
1: yeah, kills her her stepmother. Yeah. yeah, that's part four, and then leading into part five, which they completely
0: retconned. Right, right. But like, yeah. it seems like they were going for that, which I would have been on board with had they seeded it better, developed it better, and if they had made. Like a choice to go a more supernatural kind of route. Like if they, like if they gave some more freaking detail to whatever the key represented. And yeah, like-
1: maybe, but then, but then what? That there's, yeah. there's some, there's some like divine uh influence of white supremacy. I don't want that. Yeah, that's fair. You know what you know what yeah. I mean? If the source of their power also made them racists, mm-hmm. there's there's some ethereal being out there controlling racism and Nazis, I can't
0: that's fair. I don't want
1: her if the movie's suggesting she has that, and I- I'm not I'm not saying it does a good i'm saying it doesn't do a good job of convincing me that it's not saying that right. i don't want that i don't want her to be endowed by whatever evil or whatever power they have no. because then they're 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 saying she's just as crazy as the white supremacists what movie is that yeah.
0: oh yeah and i think that the problem is that that's all we can infer from it like that that's what that last scene seems to be implying is that she's not like she's that she has maybe not the racism or anything, but like she has this evil within her that she's capable of doing these heinous things and that she's not a completely moral person because she's a shoplifter. And it just seems like such a surface level thing that's supposed to be like a wink and a nod at the audience. But it's like, they don't do, they didn't do anything to do that. So like if they had done some supernatural thing, like the key is because like, he like dominic had said that like oh uh this key is like we've worked toward this the whole time and like it's what's gonna bring forth everything for us and everything it's like okay like maybe add a scene or something that has more detail to that and like if it is like some weird raiders of the lost ark thing fucking steer into that like if uh yeah and i agree the like maybe part of it is that is because they were nazis and stuff that it's not they couldn't really dive into that because it is just implying like racism is like like you said given to us through given to people (laughs) through um yeah like some otherworldly presence but like i would just i would have liked something like something some kind of detail i know
1: and you know what i'm i'm not like i'm not suggesting that Mm -hmm. She becomes some supernatural white supremacist. And I'm also not suggesting that she's a racist Mm -hmm. by the end of the movie, but there's also no suggestion that she is like growing toward her soon to be stepmother who is black. Right. Right. There's, there's no like, oh, this is the family I have now. So you don't get any of that like any warmness at all Mm -hmm. that suggests that she is not like these nazis right and she let's ta- hates her stepmother who is black mm-hmm. and I, I i don't think the movie is suggesting that that that's the reason it's right. not i I'm, I'm not claiming any racism that she feels that but the movie doesn't quell that no yep right it doesn't give them a connection all it's yeah. saying is she's just as murderous as they are right
0: and let's talk about the stepmother or the fiance or whatever and her kid like I've, like, the whole movie, I felt like these are just completely wasted characters. Um, totally. Meant only to intimidate... Like, she intimidates them by telling them about this girl that is going to destroy them. When it should be... Like, when they, when they came in and everything, I kept thinking, like... Okay, like what what are they what's gonna happen and everything? Are they just going to be just like murdered and everything? And then I realized like, oh shit, they're they're both African American and they're Nazis and like I thought like, Oh, there's something there's something there. But the movie doesn't do anything with it. Like it just it just wastes it.
1: Sorta, sorta. Yeah. He kind of gives them a look and talks about purity and yeah. you know the, the 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 dog is pure and then notices that the two of them are together. He that, that's kind of there, but but there's no it, it doesn't have anything to do with the movie. It's yeah. just like he he is Nazi. Nazi equals hate black. Right. You know there's no there's no in subtext yeah, or anything.
0: And even that like that that's a fair point about the dog and everything and and that. But that's even him talking to Jeff like there are scenes where he's one-on-one with um oh god i can't remember her name uh kayla
1: i don't know she's so underdeveloped i I just call her the stepmother character
0: yeah kayla um they're they're like one-on-one and like it's a completely different movie at that point like becky is out there murdering all the people and then like we get dominic and kayla and ty and it's like, it's just it's just nothing. Like there's nothing there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we get Apex. Let's let's talk about Apex if you'd like. Um, sure. Kind of second in command of Dominic's outfit and everything, and he's he's fo- like he's the one character we get more development of. Like he has he has a little bit of a conscience, and like you alluded to this in the non spoiler part, but. I, I kind of love the end with him. Like, I I like the way that they handled that ending. How, was that what you were alluding to? Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, in the, the, uh, when he first takes the stepmother and her son to the back room mm-hmm. and he has his crisis of conscience yeah. and says, escape out the side door or whatever Right. And and, and run, I was like, oh, he's got like a he, this this is the this is the guy who's going to undermine he's kind of got a heart and I was like wait a second he's the guy who killed the two kids from the back of the car right and i was just like in the same day oh, it, that, that's yep. such a that's like it's one thing to have i mean there are so many good stories of convicts who who learn from their mistakes Mm -hmm. and spend time in prison and 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 try to do right and are not always forgiven and those are good arcs but the fact that in he killed these two kids and in the same day he's like oh i don't know about that anymore
0: within within like i would i would wager to guess like a day like like an hour or two like yeah two hours yeah yes and it would be different and and this is going to sound kind of I don't know how this is going to sound, but it would be different if that wasn't off screen. Like if that wasn't yeah. so off screen, because it is just implied. Like the only blood we see from that scene is when he beats the, when Dominic beats the shit out of the driver. And then right. we just see that. So like it's, it's causing the audience to have to do a lot of heavy lifting for the story to buy into the fact that this guy that the movie is not developing enough for us, um that we can it's just it's telling and not showing us that he has a crisis of conscience Um, yes yeah and so his ending with with uh i I almost called her lulu also um
1: (laughs) with becky Uh, in my head i was like finishing your sentence with lulu uh
0: the ending with her like that was that was cool that was i i appreciated that um yeah
1: yeah at least i i wasn't sure if that's where that was gonna go and yeah. i'm so glad it did
0: yeah and i appreciated just how quick and sudden it was and everything so i i liked that yeah. Yeah. um yeah he's yeah. the
1: last one to die we actually skipped over that uh it she did. brings the lawnmower over kevin james face right which yeah that was pretty cool I, that I was like, cool I and, like it, that and the stuff, camera yeah.
0: lingers on the aftermath of that and i was like that's it's like yeah. it's like just like a frame or two short of gratuitous, but it's yeah. welcome. Yep, um, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I I dug that. Um What else can we talk about? Anything else?
1: I don't know. I think we would just be reiterating a lot of the same points. I will yeah. say I think I talked myself out of liking this movie. Oh really? <laughs> even more.
0: Well I just yeah. think
1: Whatever they're trying to say about Becky, I don't like it.
0: No. Nope. Same same it's, here. It's
1: it's one thing and I think uh, uh, my my strongest grievance is the relationship with the stepmother. It's it's mm. one thing to suggest that she's just as crazy and violent. And I can mm-hmm. even allow the movie to wink at me and say, okay. "Ugh, teenagers, right?" Right. <laughs> Except that there is there's nothing sympathetic about Becky. Absolutely right. nothing. She has zero connection with the mother mm-hmm. who who the the main villain hates because she's black. Right. There's no connection there. Mm-hmm. And then she is also um entranced by this key. Yeah. And no matter what that means it is either suggesting she's just like them or not doing enough to suggest that she's not. Yeah. Uh and and that's a really that's a really detestable character. Mm. Even if for a while it was fun watching a teenager kill nazis? Right. Uh, if you don't give us a reason to like her. And in fact, yeah. you don't do enough to give us a reason to actively to not actively dislike her
0: that's bad yeah oh i agree completely and like i haven't i haven't seen i haven't seen green room in a long time but like i just kept thinking like this is just like uh like a a sort of like just not rip off or anything but like it's this is like dime store green room um yeah just very just uninspired and whereas green room had so much more going for it. Um, yeah. And it, it, it kind of felt like even with like the ending and like the gratuitous violence, I, I don't want to say gratuitous cause it, I don't want to have it a negative con- connotation. Cause I thought the the violence was really cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. the, uh, just like, it seems like the movie is built around the idea that like, okay, we have Nazis, we're going to kill Nazis. So that's all we need. That's gonna be satisfying and everything. And yes, there is a very profound satisfaction that I get seeing Becky fire a shot into uh, a Nazi who is trying to talk about like he's talking through his conscience and how he's uh how he's kind of like coming coming around to it. It's like, okay, yes, that is that's satisfying because fuck Nazis. <laughs> but right, there's yeah. nothing else in the movie to really delve into <laughs> what's going on. And to the point about Becky and the key, like she had, uh, I, I don't know if there was like, even one scene that showed like that she was influenced in some way by the key, like early on, like that would have made, that would have sat a little bit better with me, but since there's not, it doesn't.
1: Uh, Maybe, but I just, I can't, I can't get down with, the idea that she is just like them, yeah I, I, you know it's one thing it's one thing for a movie and I've seen plenty of stories where mm. um the movie the point of the movie is to say when the victim becomes the killer, aren't they just as bad? You know what I mean right That's a story I can get on board with mm-hmm. if you if if the movie is about a person fighting back against the elements or being pushed to their limits or the animals we become when we're forced to do things yes. we would never thought we would do mm. but if you're being forced by a, a, a magic nazi key or, or the movie does nothing to say that you're not right I, I you just you can't you can't be on Becky's side. Yeah, I, I, the movie does nothing to bring you to Becky's side except to say, "Oh, that was cool." She ran over
0: him. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yep.
1: So I'll, I think that's why. I, that's why I
0: hate the ending.
1: Yeah. I, I feel like that oh, yeah. ruins a, a, a lot of the a lot of the goodwill, the the fun of it. Mm-hmm. Did.
0: Yeah, and that read of the doc scene was, uh, like, that, like, I agree with you, uh, you swayed my opinion of it, like, I, that's the movie I would have liked to see more than this, um, yeah. but unfortunately we didn't. So, on Letterboxd, I rated it two stars, um, eh. yeah.
1: Uh, I think mine was a three, but I'll go, it, it's tough, I have such a recency bias, mm-hmm. um, Yours was three and, and a half. It was three and a half? Oh, I yeah. got to take that down a little.
0: <laughs> well,
1: I just, I, uh, I'll say, i and I've said this on the podcast before, I watch a, a lot of bad horror movies. Yeah. I, I watch so much garbage that not only doesn't have anything to say, it's also like uh, uh, technically poorly made. Mm hmm. That when a thing is filmed and edited with competence, I I, I tend to overrate it. Maybe yeah, yeah, um,
0: um, yeah. I don't I don't know. The, in like the to uh, go to go back just slightly, just to touch on this, like the idea of the key, like your point about the key in her being like evil oh i like it likened. i'm going to go
1: two stars and take the like away okay good <laughs> yeah
0: um but the way that the the way that the movie's communicating to us that they're the same early on like those those shots that are mirroring each other is just it's i yeah i agree i don't like it and i don't like what it's implying about the our heroine yeah, character i,
1: I mean it, it, the one sentence st- summation is the movie says she's just like them mm-hmm. and they're nazis right yep. uh, that's not okay no uh, not not
0: today yep yep totally agree um so yeah so that, does that do it for our review of becky i think so yeah all right well i am ready for bed <laughs> uh, yeah so it's late where you are it is but uh, but yeah, any parting thoughts? Any like rapid fire suggestions you want to uh, throw out to people? I know you suggested some stuff on Shudder. Anything that's caught your eye that you want to recommend for <laughs> our listeners?
1: Yeah, so like the rapid potpourri. Mm. Uh, my wife and I have been watching Shit's Creek. Oh, nice. It's so wonderful. It's okay. so 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 good. Nice. Uh, it, it's 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 funny and heartwarming in a way that you don't really see as much anymore. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's it's a fish out of water story, but mm-hmm. they do um, where you know a lot of sitcoms will go really quickly toward them being acclimated or mm-hmm. uh they'll really play the fish out of water thing you you Schitt's creek really takes its time developing relationships with characters and you okay. see that the people in the town actually care about the main characters uh in a really fun uh and j- sweet and genuine way nice. uh the other thing the other day I watched Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Right. Uh and I I used to kind of be on the on the team that thinks it was like an underseen, underrated gem and if only more people had seen it it would have been uh more successful. And I didn't like it. I mm-hmm. I think it was I think it has the legacy that it deserves. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I was kind of lukewarm on it when I revisited it a few months ago. Do you think do you Do you think that? And this might be a bigger conversation for the next time you're on. But do you think that's more of an age thing, or just like, like just how the movie is? Like when you first saw it, was it like, just like your experience at that point versus now? Like, have you grown or? uh, Well,
1: so I was 22. I thought this was supposed to be rapid fire. I know. (laughs) So I was 22 when I first saw it, and I'd like to think. I had a little bit of a sophisticated taste when okay. I was 22, but I guess I guess I was close enough. I don't know, I don't know. I I just don't get it. Okay, I, I, it it might be it might be the age thing. Okay. I, there, there's there's no reason the movie has to have the video game sounds right and the coins and the there's just no reason for it. And I and and just because it looks cool I guess because I'm older now is not good enough excuse
0: okay sure um, yeah I'll agree with that a um, couple things rapid fire from me uh, I've been watching Kim's convenience uh, have you watched that at all no I don't know it. it's a it's a sitcom on it's on Netflix it's a Canadian uh, show it's about a Canadian Korean family who run a convenience store Um, it's really charming. Like, it is incredibly charming. Um, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna butcher his name, but, uh, Simu Liu, who's gonna be in, um, oh, God, the, the Marvel movie coming out. Um. Eternals? Eternals? No, no, no. After that. Oh, my God. Uh, The Legend of the Rings or whatever. Um... Oh god, I can't remember the name of the the hero. But anyway, he's going to be in it, and he's really good in it. But um, the father of the the father who runs the convenience store is just out of this world amazing. He's he's fantastic, great comedic timing, and it's it's really funny. Um, awesome. Yep. And yeah. really, that's that's really all I've been watching. I'm going to do an HBO Max episode at some point. Um, look for that soon, hopefully. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, I think that'll do it for this episode, though. Uh, Mike, any parting thoughts? Thank you for coming and for chatting with me.
1: No, I think they've got plenty of parting thoughts. (laughs) Just thank you guys for listening, as always. Thank you. Uh, Glad to be on.
0: Yep. Thank you. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next time on the podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. and now here's a short clip from our Patreon exclusive RSS feed to hear the full clip and more exclusive Patreon content go to patreon.com/obsessiveviewer and become a patron at the minimum rate of $1 per month thank you and enjoy um
1: yeah. and speaking of that 70s show mm-hmm. the, the i've already said this before but um it premiered in 1998 okay which was 22 years after the setting of the first episode. Right. And subsequently, the first couple of years of the show mm-hmm. it takes place in 1976. So the show debuted 22 years after it's set, mm-hmm. right? It is now 22 years after the premiere of the first episode.
0: I. Would you want to see a 90s sitcom?
1: Uh. Uh. Yeah, why not? Nice. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, um, I don't know that it ha- it would feel the same. And I also think mm-hmm. we have we have '90s sitcoms, don't we?
0: Um, I guess none that I've really seen, but I I think.
1: Uh, uh, oh, uh, uh, Pen Fifteen. I was just gonna bring well, that up. That's like two thousand early two thousands
0: that but and then, yeah
1: oh man dude those huh. uh, i think the characters in that show mm. are like one year older than we are but oh my god the references hit so hard okay
0: i haven't seen it. Off show. Have to you, check it oh out. you haven't
1: no oh dude okay oh man it's so good it's so 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 funny <laughs> yes
0: i would love it if they made like a 90s sitcom like that in the vein of that 70s show <laughs> and like yeah. like this would never happen obviously but like they made it like with the plan of okay we'll do three or four seasons and they started at like 1996 and then the final episode is y2k and like in their version the world just oh shit yeah
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) and like that's that's it (laughs) oh man there's a novel in there somewhere isn't there oh yeah oh yeah yeah i love it like y2k is just the end yep yep the Obsessive Viewer Podcast is edited and produced by Matt Hurt and presented by obsessiveviewer.com. For a full archive of our episodes, go to ObsessiveViewer.com slash OV archive. You can also like our Facebook page and join the OV Facebook group at facebook.com slash the obsessive viewer and follow us on Twitter at obsessive viewer and at obsessive tiny and follow our recurring co-hosts at I am Mike white. That's me at R a fecus and at burger underscore lurker. If you enjoy the show, please take a couple minutes to leave us a rating and a quick review on Apple Podcasts. This is the easiest way to support what we do, and all it costs is a little bit of your time. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can make a PayPal donation at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. Or support us on Patreon for recurring donations and access to commentary tracks and B-roll audio recorded exclusively for patrons at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. Every donation goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and is greatly appreciated. For official Obsessive Viewer merch, including shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more, visit our TeePublic store. You can find a link to the store in the show notes of this episode and at ObsessiveViewer.com donate. Or you can simply search for Obsessive Viewer at TeePublic.com, T-E-E-Public.com. For information about our annual live event showcasing short horror films from local filmmakers, check out ShocktoberinIrvington.com. And for an archive of all our events, as well as news about potential future events, head over to ObsessiveViewer.com slash live. For more podcast content, you can find Anthology, Matt's solo podcast covering The Twilight Zone, and other classic and contemporary science fiction anthology TV shows at AnthologyPod.com at the secular The theme music for the obsessive viewer comes courtesy of the band Loudlike from their EP Mistakes We Must Make. Additional bumper music is provided courtesy of As Good As It Gets, which can be found at Facebook.com/slash as good as it gets band. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.
0: Kitty